This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. I know what you're all thinking. Wait a second. It's not Thursday night. What's Kicking Out Podcast doing live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube? Well, it's Wednesday night. We're changing up a little bit. Coming off a fresh, power-packed episode of Dynamite. How are you doing tonight, Paul? Um, well, you're here. I'm here. AEW's got over. I've got pants on. I think you've got pants on, so <laughs> I, I think we're good. I got shorts on. Well, hey, you're doing better than Carl did then. Doing better than Carl Anderson did tonight in the the backstage <laughs> segment with with the elite. You know, you know the good brothers are always good for a little humor. Oh, absolutely, and it's nice to see it carry over onto national television. It is. It is. It's. Uh, yeah, we'll have we'll have plenty to talk about. Everything that happened tonight on Dynamite, we got some being the elite. Um, let's kick off with our thoughts on kind of the new news that came out this week of the NHL, the National Hockey League. Um, for months, it looked like I mean, their contract with NBC Sports was coming up, but it looked like they were going to renegotiate and, and be a part of uh, USA, which NXT's on, Raw's on, a lot of WWE programming. But come to find out, they came up with a deal with ESPN and Turner Sports to carry wow. NHL games. So... NBC loses rights to the NHL for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, interesting because a lot of people thought that was behind the move that NXT made to Tuesdays was because NHL was going to be coming and coming on Wednesdays. So a lot of people were kind of panicking this week. What's that mean for AEW? Is Dynamite going to have to move off Wednesdays? What's going to happen? A lot of it's still up in the air, but Tony Khan today was on Busted Open Radio with Dave LaGreca and Tommy Dreamer. And he pretty much said, as of right now, there's nothing to worry about. They have two and a half years left on the contract on Wednesday nights from the 8 to 10 spot. That is their spot. But it was interesting. He also kind of said when the contract runs up, if they want him to move nights, he'll listen, if it makes sense for Dynamite. Right. I mean, I think if, uh, you know, they're pulling a million and a half, two mil by the time the contract's up, it's not going to make sense for them to move nights because it's going to confuse everybody. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm hoping that the NHL maybe, I mean, that I'm fine with them going to Wednesday nights, but put them on TBS. Yeah, absolutely. My thoughts exactly. And that's fine. And, and I know I've heard some people say, well, that's going to draw away some viewers from Dynamite. It probably would. But 
there's only so many nights in a week. I don't know what else you can really do at this point. And and I don't blame Turner for, I I mean, you know, the selfish part of me wants to say, well, they shouldn't have got the NHL, but you look at the NHL deal. It's a lot of money. It's like 253 million, which dynamites like 40 million. So (laughs) there's a little difference that I understand from a, a TV uh, channel perspective, what they're doing there, TV programming perspective. But I think, I think dynamite will be okay. I mean, they've done well moving when they have to. I mean, here in about a month or so, they're going to have to move nights occasionally for the NBA playoffs. And they do a good job getting ahead to their fans and marketing that and advertising that ahead of time. So. um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think we have to worry right now. I mean, I trust what Tony says and you know, if they eventually have to move, They'll figure it out. I, I just I like Dynamite being on TNT. I don't want them to move to TBS, for instance. Even right. if they could keep Wednesdays and have to move to TBS, I just like wrestling being on TNT again. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think Tony would let them move AEW networks because they've got a whole title dedicated to, to TNT. Exactly, that great have point. To redo, great point. And then it's like, really, we already redid the design once. It, it, or twice actually, but once in, in good reason with the passing of Brody Lee and honoring him. But yeah, to do it again would be a bummer. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, I don't see anything changing anytime in the near future. Two and but, a half years from now or two years from now is this during their last six months. We'll revisit it. Yeah. Tony will revisit it yep. and we'll see what happens. It, it will be interesting to see if this uh, could affect the extra hour program that they want to put on. That um, I think it could affect. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, there's been talks behind closed doors for months about the stuff. So they're all aware something was probably in the pipeline. Yeah. And I even read somebody speculating, and this could be true that um, I forget his first name. His last name's Khan. He works for WWE, no relation to Tony or, or, um, <laughs> or Shad Khan, but he was, they were saying he's so connected with some sports people that maybe he found out that. TNT was in the mix or Turner was in the mix to get um, the NHL. And maybe that could be also why NXT had no problem moving to Tuesdays thinking that dynamite was going to have to probably move off Wednesdays anyways, but um, maybe who knows? Maybe. There's a lot of, a lot of different thinking that could be involved there, but yeah. Yeah. But long story short, I think for now dynamite's good to go still on Wednesday nights, eight to 10 on TNT. Yeah, I don't see anything changing unless, you know, they have to for the playoffs or, you know, um, yeah. possibly even the World Series, maybe. Yeah. Normally um, that's on TBS, but yeah, you usually never know. T- TBS. Uh, but, but I mean, speaking of the World Series, the Stanley Cup will be a part of this Turner agreement. So I could see them putting those games on TNT. And then so Dynamite in the future might have to switch a few nights. But, like right. like we said, Tony's good at that. I mean, he he understands when it comes to the the postseason stuff that okay, that kind of takes precedence over us for one night. So yeah, yeah. And if you know, he always kind of hints at that extra hour maybe being a Saturday six p.m. slot. Maybe there's some good times to test that once in a while. Oh, absolutely. So so we'll see what comes of that. But that was kind of eyebrow raising news and got me a little nervous for a day or two. But. Uh, Tony calmed my nerves today on Busted Open. And congratulations to Busted Open today was their uh, 12th year anniversary show. Oh, so wow. um, they're the number one 
one of the number one, um, one of the top sports programs on Sirius XM Radio. And Dave LeGrec has done a great job since he founded it. And uh, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry, all those guys do a great job there. They're fun to listen to. And if you didn't see LeGrec's epic, epic rant from yesterday, I retweeted it from our Twitter account, which you can follow at Kicking Out Pod. He was talking about how trash and garbage Raw is. And it was, I mean, I love LeGrec's rants, and this one was phenomenal. It was Unbelievable! They had to, the the bleep button was ready to go for social media purposes since he is allowed to say whatever he wants on on SiriusXM. But it was it was bleeping it on social media. It was fantastic. So go check that out. But okay, you ready to ready to get into uh, the week's worth of AEW? Well, excluding um, Dark, and since elevation. we uh, is an elevation since we uh, kind of. Didn't watch too much of those, but <laughs> well, we did watch BTE episode 253 title this week, Hit by a Truck. Very interesting episode. It was. It started out outside Daly's Place with all the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers uh, checking out each other's earrings or danglies, as they were calling it, calling them. Uh, we see uh, Carl Anderson doesn't have any, but because um, they're down with his short shorts. He does a little dance for for the group, the helicopter dance, I'll call it, um, along with Don Callis and uh, Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. The group heads into their private trailer. We see the signal from last week's Dynamite when John Moxley and Eddie Kingston uh, drove a truck in, into the side of the trailer. The group bails out of the trailer and runs down the parking lot to get away from them while the uh, um, song run or what. I don't know if that's the title I, of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a social, social media, media thing phenomenon plays in the yeah. background. So, so f- funny little bit, but there's no way they could have got out that trailer that fast. No, no. Uh, it was a nice way to try to extend on that segment from last week. Um, but they were not there that fast. Nope. We then see the young bucks at the airport, uh, match checking out his cracked luggage case and the brothers take him over to show off their sneakers. Of course they have both have different Jordans on and they're, Looking clean and fresh as ever. Always. I don't think they've worn the same pair of shoes on BTE in a while. I would like to see their shoe collection sometime. Yes. I have four pairs in mind, just so we're on the same page here. (laughs) Yeah, I have probably about four that I rotate, but no Jordans like that. Nope. We then see the Dark Order hanging out in their... uh, Layer or their hangout, I guess you could call it. Uh, the group's talking, but realizes uh, Stu Grayson's sitting up in the chair where Anna usually sits. They tell him to get down. He kind of looks confused why he's even up there in the first place. Hangman Page shows up and isn't in a good mood about getting attacked on Dynamite. He asks the group what took them so long to help him out. And uh, Colt Cabana just explodes on Page about forgetting to bring back uh, the spring rolls two weeks ago from Chili's. John Silver's in intensive care because he didn't get fed, and apparently he's going to have 12 inches of his arm cut off because of what happened. The group's trying to figure out where they're going to find a replacement, and then they realize they can take uh, Five's recently acquired enlarged manhood to fix things. Yeah, uh, I'll only have three inches left. That's where I started. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the new... uh, Uh, They've kind of got rid of some of the Good Brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Humor They've like that, it the, it, it's kind of going on the Dark Order, not not in the same terms, but right. But the Dark Order pulls it off in such a way that's you know child friendly. You're almost. right. You're right. They they're not as explicit with it. Exactly. We then see Brandon Cutler bumping into the young bucks who have been looking for them. 
Um, they said they feel guilty about last week and wanted to give him some presents. They give him a face mask for his broken nose. Color puts it on, then they give him an elite jacket. He's all excited, thinking he's officially a member of the elite. On the back, it says, young boy. <laughs> yeah, look in the mirror. You'll 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 like the way it looks. <laughs> or you'll like the way you look. I yep. promise. We then see uh, pretty Peter Avalon and Leva Bates in the hallway. Uh, they kind of run into, into each other, have kind of an awkward little moment. She says, uh, or he says she looks great. Then we see Cesar Bononi walk by. Then Avalon blows Bates off like he's like he's moved on. Bononi keeps walking. Bates also leaves. And then uh, Peter Avalon looks a little annoyed and sad after that. And uh, Bates tweeted about this. She said, uh, these are the days of our lives. <laughs> It's going to be interesting because I don't want him to go back to the librarian gimmick, no. but maybe they can work her in with his gimmick somehow. Okay, I'd be okay with that. I'm not going to lie. We then see Brenda Cutler uh, sees Stu Grayson just hanging out by himself. He says he's going to find Matt Hardy and, and his guys to beat them up backstage. Uh, Stu goes looking for them, but he thinks he hears something familiar. He walks through the halls talking to the camera, and we see Anna Jay walk down the hall. And, he, and, and as he turns, he looks towards her. Grayson stops and he looks down the hallway only to find Abaddon staring at him. Then he says, we need to run and color and, and Stu run off. Yeah. Uh, nice way to bring Anna back to BTE without fully bringing her back. Uh, this is a good indication that she is somewhere backstage, even though we're not seeing her on television. Yep. Keeping her a president presence of mind. So um, she tweeted something that like, Glad to see like Stu, she's in Stu's mind, but Stu will know when she's back pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. we then see Ryzen's recovered from his blue chew overdose. He asked Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero why they didn't tell him what it was. The two just laugh at him pretty much said, everybody knows what blue chew is. He goes, I thought it was candy. Uh, he said he had to go to the doctor. The first doctor was Dr. Sampson, AEW's actual doctor. With no help at all. The sector, second doctor he visited was Luther. Luther, Luther gave Ryzen some pills to help. Um, and then he went back to staring at the wall and yelling in a high-pitched voice like he always does. Ryzen says he ultimately um, this gave him an idea for their church merch. For And I guess we'll have to see what that idea is. Yeah. Uh, interesting segment. Um, I got to say, I don't like Luther in the ring, but just a quick segment, you know, one or two minutes with him. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, that's fine. But, man, his, his voice is Apart from the screech. Holy cow. Yeah. But. We then see the Young Bucks doing the Talking Shop podcast with Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows in the hotel room. I thought it was interesting. They were just literally recording on the phone. Yeah, That's, that kind of so shocked I, me. I've listened to that before, and I wondered what they're using because the audio doesn't always sound the greatest, but <laughs> they get a know. lot of listens, so I'm not going to complain about it. Um, and maybe I will that's have, what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe I will have to check this episode out. I haven't done that already, but I, it's pretty funny. Matt Jackson talks about how he mistakenly sent in a group chat with Luchasaurus, Trent, and others how much he had in his bank account, <laughs> and he meant to only show how well he did that day in the stock market. But he yeah. sent more than that. And Gallows does his uh, the Fink impression. Uh, <laughs> They get some takeout, but the place didn't give them any utensils. So Matt's literally trying to eat rice out of the lid of the packaging, which would be really difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was a nice little segment. Yeah, it was funny because they're like, we expect this out of Nick, but not you. Uh, Trent was blowing him some crap. So yeah. it's funny because their characters on TV, you would expect that out of Matt probably more so than Nick. Right. 
but right. they're kind of reverse, reverse in, in, yeah. in, in real life. So we then see the young bucks visit Brandon Cutler and he's, uh, since he's going to be out a few months due to injury, Matt and Nick Jackson say, uh, he won't need his ring gear for a while, so they bring it to him. The two hand him a plastic bag with, with his name on it, making a little joke about the WWE sending Mickey James a trash bag with her items in it after her release. And I wondered they, when it was coming. They said they'll be back in no time, and Matt gives Color a really long thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. They always find a good little, just a little dig in there. Yep. I knew it was going to come, too, because, I mean, it blew up all over Twitter. Well. And yeah, I mean, other platforms, there was no way these guys were going to ignore that. Nope. They were going to find a way. And Brandon was the perfect fit for it. Well, I mean, I mean, the Unbucks are hitting on everything on Twitter as mm-hmm. heels. They even said they pretty much give artists credit where credit's due. A little dig at the Chelsea Green incident from earlier this week. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, over the weekend, speaking of the Young Bucks, uh, they had on their uh, Twitter bio, you know, uh, look at your bank account or whatever, look mm-hmm. up our net worth, then double it, double it again. And you're close. Yep. It's actually from mortal Kombat. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, there's so, a lot of little things they do. Um, yeah, they I also on their Twitter, <laughs> they did a pinned post that says new bio. I like yeah. that. I thought they thought that was cool. So, yeah. Uh, and then we see the closeout this week's BTE. We see Brandon Color in his young boy jacket sweeping up the glass outside of the Elite's private trailer after it got hit by the truck from Moxley and Kingston. Yeah, nice little way to end the show. Uh, shows that he's at least going to do it. So does that make him three contract Cutler right now, or is he still two contract? Still two, but he's getting close. Yeah. He's getting close. <laughs> All right, so let's recap tonight's AW Dynamites from Daly's Place. It was taped last Thursday. Uh, started off with Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page. I texted you and even tweeted from our account. It feels like Hangman Page opens up Dynamite every single week anymore. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've talked in the past, you know, opening the show, you set the pace for the show. And I got to say, Hangman's delivered every week. He's had what? not just Hangman, but the match with hangman has started off dynamite and it started off great. Yeah. It's I mean, if you can't be in the main event, week. being in the opening match is a pretty good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you make it through this match without having to go to the restaurant? I did. And that's did. two weeks in a row. Yes. I, uh, I was very pleased with myself. I almost texted you, but I'm like, you know what? We'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had t- Taz on commentary. Like he always is when there's a match featuring somebody from team Taz. Uh, Team Taz attacks Hangman Page uh, during his entrance. The Dark Order come out with a save and brawl with Team Taz a little bit. Brian Cage then hits a huge powerbomb on the stage. We see Brian Cage really dominating the match early. Hangman finally gets some offense in when he throws Cage into the post and hits a moonsault. They go back and forth a little bit, but Cage starts dominating again. Then he ends up hitting a drill claw for the surprising 1-2-3. Brian Cage's biggest win to date in AEW. Absolutely. Um, I really didn't see him winning this one. No, I thought this no. was going to go to Hangman. Hangman's the number was number one in the rankings for weeks now in in in, in the singles rankings. He had what uh, a ridiculous match streak, win streak going. Yeah, and to have Brian Cage win, who somebody that has a few too many losses for my liking, for his potential. It tells me they got something big planned for Brian Cage coming soon. Absolutely, I don't know I, what it is though. It's hard to figure out. 
that bell rung, and I think I text you almost immediately, Kenny versus Brian Cage. I think Cage would have to uh, definitely turn face. Um, and it looked like he was going to a few weeks ago in Team Taz, and they've kind of cooled off that. Or have they? I'm starting to think we might get Cage versus Cage at Double or Nothing. <laughs> I'd be okay I don't with know. that. Because, 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 and we'll talk about, we'll talk about Christians. Yeah. Promo later. I don't want to spoil anything just yet. So, um, then we see the elite all in a limo backstage. Um, this is where you were mentioned earlier that it was referred to that Anderson didn't have any pants on. Um, they, uh, pretty much said they go where the gold follow, wherever they go, the gold follows. Uh, Kenny's now Kenny three belts, actually Kenny four belts. Um, he's got the triple A title, the AW world title, the impact world title, which technically is the impact world title and the old TNA heavyweight title. So he's yep. got four belts, a lot of gold as he did defeat Rich Swan on at Sunday's rebellion and he'll be on impact tomorrow night. So we'll see what happens there. They said they won't be intimidated or scared. They're not afraid of Mox or Kingston. And then they jump at the car horn when Michael Nakazawa accidentally <laughs> hit it. Um, Kenny then pretty much says, Eddie, you want somebody in our group? You want me? You're going to have to go through one of our stooges first. Later tonight, it's got to be you against Michael Nakazawa. Yeah. MT Nakazawa. I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. I, don't, I <laughs> thought it was kind of a short for Michael, but there's no T in Michael, so that doesn't no. make sense. <laughs> yeah. Is this like a spinoff of them saying that he's their QT? It could be. I don't know. I <laughs> the guy take less serious than any other character in the whole company. So, absolutely. We then see uh, the Young Bucks versus the Seidel brothers, Matt and Mike Seidel, in a uh, what they call this a tag team eliminator match. So basically, if the Seidel yeah. brothers won, they'd be number one contenders for the Young Bucks tag team championships. We see Don Callis come out with the Bucks. He's on commentary. The Young Bucks are in, a, I would say, a biker look, kind mm-hmm. of some biker like clothing. Pretty cool looking yep. clothing. Um, Jr. said Matt Jackson. Uh, channeling his inner 1980s P.S. Hayes look. I thought that was, that was a good little shout-out there. Yep. Um, a cool spot there in the match. The Bucks tried to switch a roo at one point where uh, Matt rolled Nick out of the ring and laid face down, but then Rick Knox, he's ref so many young Bucks matches that wasn't going to fly. He knew who Matt was, and, of course, he knows who Nick is. Uh, the Seidel's got a ton of offense in this match. I thought yes. I thought Matt Seidel looked really good. I'm not too big on Mike Seidel. I'm not as familiar with his work besides what I've seen so far in AEW, but I, I do like the way Matt works. Um, had a couple close calls. I thought Matt Seidel, like I said, really shined in this match. Uh, the whole match turned when Matt Jackson hit a low blow on, on Mike Seidel, Johnny Cage style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the both brothers hit Matt with two super kicks, and then they hit Mike with uh, the BTE trigger, and that was it for the win. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of offense from the Seidel brothers mm-hmm. at, to the point where I even texted you. I said, Young Bucks taking the L. They did see they did what they're supposed to do. They made you made you think that at least for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Hey, I thought it up into the low blow, okay? Yeah. The Johnny Cage <laughs> style. Yep. Then we see we saw Cutler give the Bucks some uh, ice and some cold spray, and then SCU came out. Frankie pretty much called out the Bucks. Um you know, and then so did CD. CD is saying he doesn't see his friends anymore. He sees untitled, overdressed little bitches. And they pretty much challenged the Bucks for the titles. But later, 
on in the night. We found out they're going to be in a four-way next week, and the winner of that between the four teams will be the number one contender. Got to think it's going to be SCU, though. After this tonight, I don't see them losing that. Well, see, that's the problem with these stipulations that AEW does. I I hate saying that they're predictable, but this is too predictable. Yeah, it is. SCU and you said if we lose, we're done. And would it be for just a you know normal two on two tag match, or it could be any stipulation? Because technically, if they lose, if it's any stipulation, if they lose next week, they're done. Yeah, but I I got to think their last match will be against the Bucks, and they'll end I up losing so. and splitting up. Because yeah. I think CD is pretty close to calling it a career for his entering career and, and just doing stuff backstage. Yeah, then Frankie's even hinted about, you know, getting close to being done. Not yeah. directly, but, you know, from the things he said indirectly, you can kind of gather that he's getting to yeah. the point where he's ready to kick back and help the young guys out. Yeah, both have a lot of miles on them. So. Yes. I mean, um, Scorpio Sky is the youngest of the three. Yep, and I don't even associate with him with them anymore. No, I mean he's not anymore. But no, he's with all ego. Ethan Page. Yep. Yeah. We then got a backstage uh, promo from Jade Cargill. I gotta be honest, I didn't take notes on this. Do you remember what she said? Basically the same thing she said last week. You know, everybody wants to sign me, but they want to take a portion of my money. That's not how it's going to work. I know my worth. I am that. Okay. Okay, basically the <laughs> same thing she's been saying over and over again, but uh yep. just remind everybody she's dominant and powerful. So Yeah, she good. changed it that you know she knows her own worth, mm-hmm. so they can't take a portion of her money. So if you want to sign her, it's gotta be something amazing and you've gotta be good. Yeah. Makes sense. But this was interesting for me. This was the first time that I've caught Shaq in the video package. Yeah, she um posted something on her Instagram or Twitter the other day with a picture of Shaq and a f- couple of the lady talents commented on it, like, oh, and all this stuff. So I'm like, I, I knew there was rumors a long time ago that there were a couple, and then I never really saw anything else. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the man who disappeared from the ambulance is her manager. I would love to get another Shaq appearance. I'm all for that. Maybe they're waiting till the uh, playoffs, and then he'll make an appearance mm, again. Could be, and... could be a little, little cross promotion there. Yep, that's a good thought, Paul. Maybe you should uh, tag Tony Khan in a tweet there. <laughs> hey, I've tagged many people from AEW in tweets. Nothing. Hey, keep trying. One of these days, hey, we've we've got a few likes from the Kicking Out podcast once in a while. From well, few yeah, guys. I'm still waiting on five to send me my confirmation email that I'm in the dark order. Yeah, I don't know what what he, what's taking him he, so long there. He found Hangman's email, so he doesn't care about anybody else. That's true. He found the one he was looking for. <laughs> we then got, in my opinion, the match of the night. This match exceeded yes. my expectations big time. I didn't know how, if these two guys would gel, and they gelled. Their chemistry was awesome. Pintel Zero Mito, but versus uh, Orange Cassidy. And, uh, yeah, this was a very fun match. Orange is coming into this match undefeated in 2021, number two in the singles rankings. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that today. Um, when they said, I'm like, I, really? He's number yeah. two? I shared it and didn't even catch it. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, 
I'll, I'll say what I want to in a, in a bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, Pinta tried to get in under Orange Cassidy's skin right away, um, doing his glove routine, getting Cassidy's face. Um, then we saw Cassidy trying to do his hands in his pockets. He had an abundance of moves with his hands in his pockets. It was really impressive. Always is when he does that. Uh, Penta hit a big tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. It looked like it really hurt. Cassidy really – he sells moves really well. Um, Absolutely. One really impressive spot in the match was um, Orange was going for a tope suicida. Penta catches him in the air and then just puts him on one hand. I was like, I didn't realize he had that much strength. Right. Um, Pinta was dominating through picture in picture. And then when we came back, he hit a heck of a pump handle uh, slam sit down after Orange went for the orange punch attempt. Uh, then he went for the arm breaker, but Orange got his hands in his pockets. Uh, they both traded some big kicks. Uh, Pinta hit a destroyer, but Orange hit a beach break, but Pinta got his shoulder up at the last second. Then we uh, see Orange hit a stun dog millionaire, followed by a diving DDT and another DDT, but Pinta kicked out at two. Then we see Alex Abrahantes get on the mic, and he starts saying, Pinta says, Orange Cassidy, if you think what he said about Trent's mom last week, and then he was going to say something, and Orange kind of grabs him, throws him in the ring. Uh, Orange uh, hits an orange punch with the microphone that Trent slid him when the ref had his back turned. That was all. He gets the one, two, three, and a big win for Orange Cassidy, who could be our number one contender in the rankings come next week. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I just because I still can't still see him. Wins, but Orange still undefeated in 2021. And here's the thing. I can't see either Hangman or Orange challenging for the TNT or the world title at double or nothing. Mm-mm. I don't see either one of them in the picture right now. No. It, it We're pretty it much a month happen. away. I think if we see anything, um, Hangman would challenge for the TNT title. Just to, because, well, I'll talk about that statistic later on. Goes back to my theory that I've had on the TNT title, but, well, okay. all the titles, but we'll do that later. Okay. We didn't see a backstage segment with uh, Tony Giovanni with Britt Baker and, and Rebel. Britt basically says she's at the top of the rankings now, and she's been at the top of the merchandise sales, and she needs to be the face of um, AEW Women's Division, and I don't think anybody disagrees with her at this point. No, she's finally got my vote. I was hesitant on giving it to her, but I'm backing Dr. Britt Baker. Yep, it's we're we're gonna get her and Sheeta. That's that's the one match we can predict for double or nothing. That's gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're not doing it next week, so it's definitely gonna happen double or nothing. They're not gonna waste it on any of the other dynamites. I'd be I'd be shocked. I guess I should say if they do. Yeah, but I mean, we come out of blood and guts, and we've got twenty. Four days left at that point. Yeah, it looks like uh, May twelfth is gonna be a big card. Yes. No, we've only seen one match, but it was a it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We then it was a little before nine o'clock. We got the blood and guts parlay between the pinnacle and the inner circle. The pinnacle came out first with some security guards, followed by the inner circle, whose security showed up on motorcycles. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. A lot of trash talk going on while Tony Schiavone's talking. You can see the guys just mouth off to each other. Spears takes the mic from Tony. Spears says uh, Jericho's leading Sammy Guevara in the deep waters. And in one week, he's going to step on Sammy's head while he's drowning. Sammy then gets the mic, calls Spears a failure, not not only in AW, but also his previous employer, 
So mentioning WWE without mentioning WWE. Sammy says he'll start the match. He'll take them all on. So the Pinnacle is getting the advantage to start the uh, blood and guts or war game rules, if you want to say. Cash, Cash Wheeler then gets on the mic, says he doesn't want to see Santana and Ortiz bringing the soft versions of themselves, the watered-down versions they've been since they've been in Jericho's group. Daxton says uh, a lot about Ortiz and Santana's kids and their families, getting a real personal. Santana wants to fight. Ortiz tells them to stop. You know what they're trying to do. They're pretty much trying to get in our heads. Um, Santana says he's got to let his hands do the talking next week. MJF then gets on the mic. He thanks Jericho. He says without Jericho, there is no AEW, and he and Jericho created the best group in pro wrestling in the inner circle. However, he says Chris must be under a lot of pressure. He looks exhausted every week. Come next week at Blood and Guts, he's got to take the crown, and the pinnacle will, will replace the inner circle at the mountaintop. Jericho then says you just can't inherit a top spot. You have to earn it. He talks about his WCW days coming up through the business. He talks up the inner circle really well. talks about Hager back in 2012. Talks about Santana Ortiz becoming dogs. Talks about Sammy was his hand-selected guy. And because of UMJF, he at one time quit the group, but he's not going to now. Thought that was a little interesting. Yeah. That made me yeah. think, uh-oh, are we going to see Sammy or one somebody from the group turn and cost him next week? Yeah. Um, if it's anybody, I think it's going to be Hager. Yeah. Be interesting. Um, he then did, does say 2021 is going to be the summer of violence and paying for the pinnacle and next week's summer starts early. Great promo. Jericho is fire. All the guys are fire. It got me even more excited for the blood and guts match next week. Yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to hear from Wardlow or Hager. I mean, I'm glad oh, I love, we didn't I love that we Hager, didn't get to, I love that we didn't but... get to hear from either one though, because it just made them look, you know, they're still staring at each other across the ring and everything. But we, you know, got the glimpse of what Wardlow can do when he's given time to speak last week. And we both agree yeah. Hager's just not good on the mics. Never yeah. never has been, never will be. It's just not, no. not his thing. He's always but, needed a mouthpiece. So prediction time for next week. Who are you going? Pinnacle or the inner circle in the blood and guts match? Pinnacle. Absolutely. I don't. I don't see them lose. I think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be entertaining as as all get out. But I think, yeah, I think Pinnacle gets the win, and we see MJF get the win for them. Yeah. The only thing that I question about it is we've already seen Inner Circle lose a big match like this. Yes. But that was the end of the feud. This mm-hmm. is the start of the feud. So... At least we think. We think. Well, I, I mean, mean we, I would, we got lots of indications that this is just the beginning. So. Yeah. I think this kicks off the summer and the year of the pinnacle. I think oh, we're yeah. going to see a dominant group through 2021, and that's going to get some gold around their waist. Yep. Yeah. So I think it'll elevate both groups. I think it's going to elevate everybody in the match. I think Regardless, win or lose, you know what? The fans are the winners on this one. Oh. 100%. We've been waiting for over a year for this. Yeah. It's still not what it was supposed to be, what it probably could be, but given the circumstances, it's going to be the best it possibly can be. Absolutely. So, we didn't see Eddie Kingston come out to the ring. Michael Nakazawa is already sitting in the ring ready for him. Nakazawa hits Eddie with a laptop. 
when after Omega comes out and they start jabbing at each other on the mics, Eddie fights back, hits him with a back fist. Then we see Kenny calling out for another stooge and Brandon Cutler. Cutler rolls out of the of the heel interest. And then he's kind of waving with his hand, saying no more, no more. Then we see Moxley in the background attacked Omega from behind. Um, he gets Kenny in a chokehold in the ring. And then they put Kenny's ankle in a chair. They start telling Don to pretty much give them what they want or they're going to break his ankle. Don agrees. And what they want is a tag match with Kenny and Michael Nakazawa. And that's going to be next week. Yeah. And that was the first indication that blood and guts is not just one match. Yeah, it was. It was. Yep. Even Excalibur to start the show indicated that it was just one match. Well, I think that match is going to, I bet that match is the whole second hour. Oh, absolutely. Say it's at least going to need, it's at least going to need 45 minutes. At mm-hmm. least that's usually a war games match for a four. This is five on five. Yeah. So, um, where do you where do you see this storyline going, Paul, with Kingston and, and Moxley and, and and Kenny and I guess the Elite? I mean, um, well, personally, I think uh, we're getting yet another New Japan guy. Yes, next week. Uh, that well, in two weeks. In two or, weeks. Yeah, two weeks. My bad. Jumping ahead here. Yep. So that kind of leads me to believe that travel's getting easier mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's talk you can now go to Europe this summer and vacation if you want to. If you're fully vaccinated. Correct. Yes. Um, a lot of these companies aren't saying go get fully vaccinated, but they're saying, you know, it'd be really good if you did. I think we're going to see other members of the Bullet Club join Moxley and Kingston. I think in the long term, you're right. I was saying but for double or nothing. Ooh, um, that's where I'm trying to like, because I'm still I'm thinking, and I could be way off, but my if I'm looking a few weeks ahead, I think we see SCU win that battle royal next week, challenge the Bucks for a title on the dynamite before double or nothing lose, they split up. Somehow Kingston and Mox get a shot for the tag titles at double or nothing, but then I don't know what you do with Omega. <laughs> um, unless something transpires on Impact. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the disadvantage for us this week. Normally, we've had all the shows or, you know, Dynamite or Impact's currently happening as mm-hmm. we're doing this. Impact's not happening yet, so we, nope. we can't really call anything. I mean, Omega could open Impact tomorrow night. Swan say, you know what? We did it on my turf. Let's do it on yours. Yeah. And maybe, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it'll be... Kenny or Eddie and Moxley versus the Bucks. I'm leaning more towards the Good Brothers since they're the ones who actually broke Eddie's ankle. Um, I don't know. You know, in long term storytelling, I think maybe we see the Bucks try to win the Impact Tactiles or Finjuice. But that could make the Good Brothers mad, but because that's something they haven't been able to do is beat Finjuice. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's what's great. They're keeping us guessing, but it's like we're a month out or a month and two days out, and I don't know who's going to be challenging for the title. No, I think we'll really start to see that next week and yeah. the 12th. Uh, the road's got I, – I feel like the road started to begin tonight, but we yeah. just don't know where the pieces are going to fit in the puzzle yet. So. Yep. 
All right, we then see Taz backstage saying uh, Team Taz is number one now after uh, Brian Cage beating Hangman. He's talking some trash about Christian. Christian shows up, talks up Taz from the past, but says Taz doesn't back up his talk anymore. Basically, he says that hopefully Team Taz uh, learns eventually that they're better off without Taz. And that's where I think uh, we could still see Brian Cage turn face. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see Christian versus Ricky Starks on an episode of Dynamite before Double or Nothing. Yes. And um, you mentioned Cage versus Cage mm-hmm. at Double or Nothing. I'd be okay with that. But I also I want to see it happen and that be the the moment that Brian Cage realizes just what Christian said fully because I think we've kind of seen in the past few weeks, I think that's what Brian was starting to realize is I was doing fine before these guys. Now I'm tagging all the time. I'm not getting as many singles matches. I'm not defending this title. I don't have a title that means anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm if we see Cage versus Cage, I want that to be the moment post-match that yeah. Brian switches. Yeah, say Brian Cage wins, because I think he needs to win a match like that. Yes, he and does. And then after the match, Team Taz is attacking Christian more. And then Brian Cage flips a switch, attacks them, and then he and Christian embrace or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we can I'd, engage I'd okay the switch. I'd be okay with that. Yep. We then see Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford, a match that's a couple weeks worth in the making. Um, This match was pretty short. Uh, towards the end of the match, we saw Statlander hit a kick to the head and a solar eclipse, but only got a two count. Ford then hit a back kick for two count. Penelope tries for a handspring, but Statlander caught her for the one, two, three. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she tried to go for another distraction, but Orange Cassidy kept her away. And then she did the boop on the nose while talking some trash to Kip Sabian. Yep. Um, interesting match. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't. Fantastic. But no, I haven't seen Penelope in a match yet that just like caught my eye. No, um, one thing I noticed this week Statlander got in better shape while she was out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think she, uh, her hair's darker. She's mm-hmm. she said she shed some pounds, yep. put on a little bit more muscle. Yep. I mean, I don't know why it took me till this week to realize it, but. It dawned on me this week. I don't know if it's because her hair's darker this week than it was last. That's a good observation. Um, the Pixie song's definitely the song for the whole best friends group now. We definitely know yeah. that. It does uh, which, fit her. It does. With her new entrance. Yep. If they would have kept the old one, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But that new entrance video or Titantron video, if you want to call it that, um, it really worked well. You can tell it cost Tony a lot of money. To get that song because they're using it as much as they can, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. which which I understand. It's all good, and I'm sure he probably didn't pay anything for that that Judas song that uh, Inner Circle comes out to. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's uh, that's what happens when you have not only one of the best wrestlers of all time, but he's a really good rock musician. So, yep, kind of nice. We then see a feud that keeps building and building every week, the Factory versus the Nightmare Family. And the Factory uh, this week was made up of QT Marshall, Marshall, not Marshall, Marshall, <laughs> Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, with Anthony Agogo by their side against Dustin Rose, Lee Johnson, and Billy Gunn. 
Loved how Billy Gunn showed up with the taped ribs. I think that's a lost art in pro wrestling anymore. Still selling injuries from week to week to week. Love yep. that. Uh, the factory shows up outside of Daly's place. And coming out of the Nightmare Family's bus, it's like, how did they get in there in the first place? Still was never really explained. Um, we saw Billy Dustin and, and Lee Johnson come out, immediately attack the factory, and everybody's brawling on the outside. Lee Johnson hits a corkscrew splash on on uh, Nick Camarado uh, towards the end of the match. And Marshall, the referee's checking on Aaron Solo. Ogogo then hits a cheap shot to Johnson, another one to Gun. Just that power uppercut punch. Both go down. Marshall tags himself in and gets the pin on Lee Johnson. Just like every segment with the factory and Nightmare Factory, Nightmare Family and the factory, everything good happens post match. Yes. Post match, we saw Camarado, Camarado grab the bull rope and smack Dustin in the face with it. The factory are celebrating on the stage. Marshall hangs the taunt some more, but Colton and Austin Gunn come out and beat up QT. They end up sending him out to the floor, and he bails back to the bus. Camarado and Solo run back to the ring and brawl with younger the younger guns. Uh, Marshall goes to open up the bus door, but you see Cody Rhodes standing there right there. Gives him the big boot right in the face, beats him up some more. QT climbs up on the top of the bus to try to escape. They battle each other back and forth. Aubrey Edwards goes up there trying to break him up. A bunch of wrestlers, actually I think they're fans, or maybe they were extras. I don't know. They're cheering on below. Uh, Cody gets QT in a figure four. He's tapping out. Cody then flexes. Next week, we're getting Cody Rhodes with Art Anderson versus QT Marshall with the factory. Getting this a little earlier than I thought, but I love it. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed that they had so much light on that window in the bus. Oh, yeah. You, you could tell them before they even acknowledged it on commentary. Yeah. I mean, he started walking up there, and I said, there's somebody standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I do got to say, though, listen, mother, father, that's how you make a return. <laughs> See, I told you it was coming. Good reference from Kenny Omega, re- referencing yep. that earlier. Um, um, every time Cody's come back, he's come up through the center of the stage yep. with his music. The lights go out. Yep. He's in his suit. That's how you do it. I do wish, though, he'd stop spoiling it for everybody. Yeah, you got that. I didn't. I'm, I'm disappointed. And, and people shared it on Twitter. And, and AEW even acknowledged it before the show. Yeah. It's like, what? Well, I mean, I understand it. I mean, I, I I love getting a text from them. Don't get me wrong. But at 7.17 tonight, I get a text. Says, I feel like coming back tonight. Dot, dot, dot. It's like, well, Cody's coming back. See, it, I just feel. just like when he returned with the dark hair. Yeah. He showed his um, maps from Georgia to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It's like. It would get such a bigger pop if he just showed up. But being a show that's specifically taped and not full crowd, maybe trying to get more eyeballs. Yeah. On it. Yeah, because he really started doing this when they lost the fans beforehand. And I think, honestly, that's what this is all about. You know, TNT telling uh, Tony that you've got to announce it ahead of time if somebody's going to be there. I think it's to get more eyes on it since the fans can't be there. Yeah. You know, maybe there's that one fan who just goes, you know, I just, I don't feel like doing it tonight. And then you, Cody sends out a tweet says, Hey, I'm going to be back. Yeah. That's a good point. In a sense. That's and a good point. Then he shows up. And going back to your comment about the lighting, it was interesting though, since the tape show, that's something they could have reshot. Yeah. But. 
But I think the fact that the commentary team caught on to it and mentioned it, they would have had to have redone that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the one thing I got to say is being taped, they could have waited just a little bit longer to announce QT and Cody for mm-hmm. next week. Because, I mean, it's like Cody flexes. Oh, just announced. It's like, yeah. Okay. Tony Khan can work miracles, yeah. but he's not able to go book this. Get me images for it. Let's run it out there. They're going to announce it in 10 seconds. They do that quite a bit. I've noticed on, AW. That is a little flaw. Yeah. And it's always on their tape shows. Yeah. It's always like a minute or two later. It's booked. It's like, that's yeah. pretty quick. You got everything in writing and signed that fast. Okay. But oh yeah. well. <laughs> next week, but on next week on the blood and guts episode of dynamite. Can't wait for this episode. I love these special edition dynamites. We're going to get Britt Baker in action. We're going to get SU versus Jurassic express versus the varsity blondes versus the acclaimed winners. Get AEW world tag team uh, title shot against the young bucks on May 12th. Yes. So the following week, like we said, it's going to be SCU, I think. I mean, if not, yeah. the promo tonight made no sense. Exactly. On May 12th, we're going to see John Moxley defend his IWGP US Championship versus Yuji Nagata. That's huge. Yeah. This is a guy who's in his 50s. I believe he's about 53. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute legend in New Japan wrestling. Yeah, and I was familiar with the name, but I couldn't pinpoint it. And then Tony went, you know, I used to call his matches back in WCW. And then I went, oh, there it is. I mean, it's defending a New Japan title on Dynamite. That is a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. just like tonight, we saw the Impact World Championship on Dynamite. Yep. There's something. and And that's another reason that I say, you know, AW is not going dynamite's not going anywhere. Um, because if they move to Tuesday, they're back into the wars with NXT. Mm-hmm. I don't if they move to Monday, then it's Monday night wars all over again. Even though I will say, uh, and, and Tony squashed today saying they're good for two in the next two. Right. Years, but if there was any time to move to Monday, it'd be right now because mm-hmm. they're all so garbage. Yeah. Right now. They move to Friday again. You're in the wars. Uh, that, yeah. Good luck with that one on Fox. Yeah, you you move to the weekends. You're going to lose viewers because they're out. They're not going to move to Thursdays ever. Tony said that because the NFL plays games on Thursday nights. Not going to happen. And impacts on Thursdays. Yeah. So it would completely defeat whatever this weird partnership is between the two companies. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. somebody said something to me about it, and I said no. They're going to stay on Wednesdays. This was before Tony made his announcement today. Mm -hmm. I said because you moved to Tuesday, like I just said. And that's my thoughts on it. And really it's three companies. Cause we've seen new Japan work with impact a little bit like Finjuice. Yep. So, yep. So, I mean, I think, uh, the forbidden door is fully open. That's relevant with the impact title. And now the IWGP us title. Mm-hmm. Interesting little note about impact real quick on their Advertisement for Slammiversary. They did this last year with a lot of recently released talents from WWE. They did it again this year where they flashed images of a couple. Samoa Joe, Chelsea Green, Mickey James. Mm. Images were showing. Last year, all the images they showed showed up except one talent, and I don't remember who that was. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, Drake Maverick because he re-signed with WWE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody else that they flashed showed showed up. Mm -hmm. In East... 
EC3 mm-hmm. trolled all of us for months. Yep. I mean, every promo had somebody from AEW in it. He even yep. flashed the logo numerous times in his promos. And then he goes to Impact. In, in ROH. And He's ROH. been ROH too. And, yeah. and as of last week, he had a really bad infection, was in the hospital. So mm, didn't hopefully he's doing that. better. Yeah, it was yeah. really bad. So uh, we then saw backstage, we saw um, Kip Sabian finally met up with Miro. And Miro just destroyed him pretty much. Mm-hmm. Threw him into the garage door like numerous times. Um, choked him with the chain. Said nobody's going to stop him from being champion. Punched Miro right, or punched Sabian right in the face. He says time to pay our dues. Slammed his uh, uh, the door right into his arm. He then hugs Sabian and said he forgives him. That was <laughs> kind of weird, but uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. We'll see if they're still uh, friends or partners going forward. Yeah, um, I gotta say though, you know, he threw him into the three little sections, and when he punched him, I mean, I know it's a working punch, but mm-hmm. oh, that thud! Yeah, he punched hard, oh. and he he pun- he legit, I think, punched the locker. Like yeah. he didn't hit his face; he punched the locker. No. But yeah, yeah, that would still hurt your hand. Mm-hmm. So that made a noise, made a yeah, pop. yeah, and uh, that wasn't a gentle slam on no, on the no, arm. He, Miro, he's an aggressive, strong <laughs> dude, and that's what I love seeing out of him. He he doesn't play around. Yes, now we just need the uh, the gentleman formerly known as Aiden English to walk in and go, "It's Miro Day," and then uh, I'll be yeah, happy. It would be great, but yeah, it'd be such a ripoff of WWE. So just to do it once, though. do one time, one time would be cool. But if they one yeah. time. Just have him as a special guest. He walks out, clears his throat, says yeah. it's Miro Day, walks backstage. That, that'd be something you got to do with the full again. audience. Yep. Then we get the uh, main event of, of Dynamite. Um, I think this is the third consecutive week in a row that the TNT Championship has main evented Dynamite. Yes. I know it's the fifth straight week Darby has defended the TNT Championship on Dynamite. He's taken on 10 Preston Vance of the Dark Order. Uh, earlier in the night, they did a nice little emotional segment that showed why he wanted to win the TNT title for Brody Lee and Brody Lee's passing, how he brought him into the dark order, really tugged on the heartstrings. Yeah, made me really pull for 10 in this one. 10 dominated the match early on with his power, really looked like a star, hit a nice spine on the pine. Um, Darby then hit 5 and 10 with a flip off the top rope. Dark order looked like they might get involved, but Steen backed backed him off and dark order seemed to respect him. Didn't want anything to do with him. We then saw Ethan page jumped over the guardrail interfere and throw Darby into the ring post. Um, then he throws Darby in the ring. Uh, 10 hits a wheelbarrow into a German suplex for a close three count that Darby kicked out of 10 went for the full Nelson, but Darby ends up ripping Tin's mask and gouges his eyes. 10 then locks in the full Nelson. Uh, Darby then runs 10 into the corner, does a flip for a reversal pin for the one, two, three. We've seen Darby kind of win in different pin combinations a lot yeah. in the last couple months. Uh, Darby then rips off Tin's uh, wristband, that, wristband that says Brody, and he holds up in the air, the two embrace. And after that, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attack Darby and Sting from behind. Then right when the show's closing, Lance Archer and Tin come to, the, come to their aid, and we go off the air with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky going through the heel tunnel. I knew this was coming. Yeah, you knew. I, I knew Lance was going to come out. I didn't. I didn't think Ten was going to come back out. Uh, I saw Ten coming out just because of the fact that Ten was so hesitant 
the fact that Darby was down when he got back into the ring. He knew something was up. He mm. he was looking at the Dark Order. They're saying it, it wasn't us. So he knew something was up. He was hesitant to attack him. Ended up costing in the match, but I didn't. I knew he was going to come back out if somebody attacked. I think we're going to get some. I mean, because Ethan Page and um, Scorpio Sky, they're definitely pushing. They're winning on elevation every week. This is two weeks in a row they've closed the show in an angle with Darby and Lance and, and Sting. Interesting that Scorpio got Sting in that heel lock. Um, I started thinking maybe they're going to do an injury segment with Sting and then it'll be Archer and Darby versus Scorpio and Ethan Page. But at double or nothing, I feel like we get a TNT title match. Okay. <laughs> now here's my thought on this. And I have said this. Every champion has broken the records of the previous champion. Yes. Darby broke Cody's defending record tonight by beating 10. So by double or nothing, he could drop the TNT title, have that tag match, and we still get a TNT title match. I do like that. I like that a lot. I mean, we've both said for weeks, Darby doesn't need that title anymore. He doesn't. He's already, he's made himself into a star. He doesn't need it. We both think Miro would be perfect, but how do you get Miro up there quick? Um, well, he attacked him. He said, nobody's going to stand in his way. Yeah. Yeah, it's we true. We saw that power, that aggression from Miro that you've been dying to see since he signed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they immediately put him with Kip and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean Orange Cassie is number one in the rankings, but Orange I don't think needs a title. It just would no. be weird with his character. Yes. Uh um, but the TNT title would be better fit for him than the world title. Right. If he's gonna challenge for a title, it's gonna be TNT. Mm -hmm. He's not yeah. I don't think I think we're still probably a good three or four, maybe even five years out before we see Orange challenge for the AEW World Championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they go, but I like I like your theory and your idea there. Um, so far, every champion's broke the previous yep. champion's records, whether it be number of defenses, days held. Um, I mean, Sheeta's beaten days held, number of defenses. She's beaten every record from every champion prior. Um, I'm done surprised that, that he defended title. it more than Cody because Cody had all those weeks he was doing the open challenge. But they were nine weeks in a row or yeah. eight weeks in a row. And then on week nine, Brody won it. Yeah. So. And then he did Cody not defend it after he beat Brody to win it back until he lost it to Darby at full gear. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I think sense. he defended it like once, maybe. No, they didn't because Brody It was passed. pretty short. Yeah, it was pretty short. It was like yeah. three weeks, and Brody passed in December. Yeah. So, so. yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Darby, I was complaining a few weeks ago that he, or around Revolution time, that he never defends the stupid title. Why even have it on him? Now he's done in five straight weeks. So <laughs> it's kind of shut yeah. me up. I think well, they listened to the fans there. I think there was a lot of fans complaining about that because this needs to be the workhorse title. This is the title that you need to feature on TNT. And we weren't getting it. He had only defended four times. So, yeah. And, um, you know, he was in that feud with Team Taz. 
And that took yep. away from him. It took forever, him. like six months. Yeah. And that was, in my opinion, I understand why they put the belt on him and then had him go into that feud because it fed that Ricky Starks is, well, Darby sure. gets whatever he yep. wants feud. But yep. Yep. it was a little too long, in my opinion. And I, I think before double or nothing, we'll have a new TNT champion. I like that. I, I like, I like, I like that plan. So once again, tag Tony in your tweet. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, last two questions as we wrap up the show. Letter grade for tonight's episode and your wrestler of, I guess I can say week, even though it's only Wednesday. I was going to say of night, but wrestler of the week. B plus. Okay. I like that grade. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I like that grade. The the Eddie Nakazawa segment didn't do it for me. Nah. Uh, what followed was a lot better. But yes. That was just so awkward. I mean, I've never seen Eddie move so stiff in the ring like he was with Nak. There was no chemistry between the two nah. at all. No. No. Um, I agree with you there. Um the women's match was fine. It, 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 I mean, it was nothing that blew me away, but I think I've been getting really spoiled by the <laughs> the uh, quality of women's matches lately. Um, but uh, again, I think this was just Penelope's part of the reason that Statlander was out. Yeah. Statlander got her yep. revenge. Yep, it, it made sense storyline-wise. It's squashed. Factory Nightmare Family, it, I was kind of expecting it, but it was a little even worse than I thought it would be, to be honest. Um, yeah. I enjoyed the main event, but the match tonight for me was Penta versus Orange Cassidy, which I'm going to give my wrestler of the week before you do this week. Changing okay. it up. Who you got? Orange Cassidy. Okay. Big win for him. He's number one in the rank. Well, good possibility he'll be number one in the rankings. He's at least number two in the rankings. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't get ahead maybe of yourself. Orange. I could I could have went with one other person. I probably should have looking back on it. Maybe you will here. Ooh, probably not. No, no, because uh, I'm going with Cody. What? Yes, because he finally made a good return. Yeah, even though he spoiled it. <laughs> well, yeah, but he, you know, every other time he spoiled it, he's come out in the suit with the. You're you right. Know, $200 pair of shoes on and yeah. probably more than that, honestly, but yeah. he came out in tennis shoes, jeans, mm. t-shirt and his new jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I have the new bomber jacket on. Uh, yep. I did like the visual of them on top of the bus. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. I was uh, just glad that, you know, I kept sitting there. I said, okay, the, the young guns came out. Yep. The factory came back out. I go, okay, here go the lights. Here comes Cody yep, up there. Yep. So I was I was thrown off. And yep. it was the first time Cody's returned since the start of AEW that in my opinion he did a proper return. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh perfect time to keep him off. Perfect timing to keep him off TV, whatever it was, four weeks, five weeks, whatever, three weeks. Yep. I don't know what it was. It felt like the perfect, perfect amount of time. Um one guy. I could have went with was Brian Cage because he got his biggest win yep. of his AW career tonight, in my opinion. So yeah, I but almost I'll, but I'll go with Orange. Him. If go Cody would have came up his normal return way, it would have been Cage. Yeah, I mean that's I'm happy for Brian Cage. I think I yep. think he could easily be the world champion, but oh, he will be. They didn't look the greatest last year, but maybe they're making up for that now. So yeah. 
Well, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. If you haven't already, you can also like us on Facebook. You can catch all of our episodes live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So please subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels if you haven't done so already. If you're listening uh, on whatever audio platform you listen to your podcast on, please give us a subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and a review. That really helps us out a lot and lets us know what we can correct or do better because we are AW fans just like you all doing this show for you guys, the fans. So uh, with that, Paul, wrap us up for another week. Uh, join us again next week. Um, stay tuned to our Facebook and our all social media platforms to find out if we stay on Wednesdays or if we go back to Thursdays next week. For Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us next week when we kick out yet another podcast.